Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We usually stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at docwashburnshow.com. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact docwashburnshow.com. This is the 92nd episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It is Monday, February 21st, 2022. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashmanshow.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. If you'd like to support my candidacy for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, the website is electdocwashburn.com. There's a P.O. box on there if you want to contribute. And uh, we hope, any moment now, <laughs> for the donate button to actually work to contribute online. But um, uh, we've been uh, pushing a rope up a hill trying to get that done. So, running for governor. And let me take a look at the website and see if the donate button is working yet. Because we've been working on that over the weekend. I had to change apps because the app that I was using... Once I uh, filled in all the information and even gave them a voided check and all that kind of stuff, the app I was using said, yeah, we're not uh, uh, able to automatically uh, verify this number or that number or whatever. So, um, yeah, it could take another seven business days. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Um, I'm running for governor. I've been needing this donate button on there for a long time. And uh, I guess we'll just go to a different app. So that's what we did. And I called somebody with a different app Friday night, and they're trying to get it, trying to get it squared away. Um, but anyway, be that as it may, I'm excited because it doesn't matter that my opponent has $13 million in the bank. Jeb Bush had a lot more money than that. And it didn't work out so well for him when he was trying to uh, run in the Republican presidential primary in 2016. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, Ron Coleman, the great attorney Ron Coleman, out there on Twitter last night, said some pretty interesting things. He said, let's compare America and Russia so we can see why all the right people were so upset when they heard all the awesome proof that Trump was its stooge. Let's see. Former government. The Ruskies have a corrupt, permanent oligarchy. America has a corrupt, permanent oligarchy. Ooh, that's troubling. Ruskies freed all their serfs in 1861. America freed all their slaves in 1865. <clears throat> Ruskies, head of state, is ruthless former intelligence operative. 
America's current head of state state is ruthless, but not even formerly intelligent. <laughs> Ruskies. Press is nominally free, but dares not depart from the party line. America. Press is not only private, but freely works for the state. Ruskies. Crimes committed by state allies are never prosecuted. America. Crimes committed by state allies are complete are, are conspiracy theories. Ruskies can't quit cheap domestic rotgut vodka. Murka can't quit cheap imported fentanyl. Ruskies cynically supplies arms to international terrorists, enemies of the USA, for money. Murka cynically supplies arms to international terrorists, enemies of the USA, for free. Ruskies. Politicians become billionaires while in office. Murica. Politicians only become 100 millionaires while in office. Ruskies. Said there are only two sexes. Murica. Not even limited to two per person. Oh, man. You know, you got to either laugh or you cry. Ruskies. Enemies of regime treated to flying lessons. I think that's where they take you up in a plane and drop you out. America. Enemies of regime get present from famous lady hero Hillary Clinton. Ruskies. Shares border with teeming aggressive totalitarian state. America shares border with freezing submissive totalitarian state. Yeah, must be talking about Canada there. Let's be talking about Canada there. That's the great Ron Coleman. Perhaps, perhaps you've heard of him. Great attorney who says uh, says funny stuff out there on the Twitter. Now, I don't know if you've heard there's an update on the Epstein story. Have you heard about that? There is an update on the Epstein story. Let's go to the UK Guardian, shall we? Jean-Luc Brunel, held on suspicion of supplying girls to Epstein, found hanged. Former model agency boss, accused of rape and suspected of trafficking minors, has died in prison. Did you hear about this over the weekend? The former boss of a French model agency accused of rape and under investigation on suspicion of supplying underage girls to the late American financier Jeffrey Epstein has been found dead in prison. The body of 75-year-old Jean-Luc Brunel was reportedly found hanging in his cell in the early hours Saturday. The French prosecutor's office confirmed the report and said an inquiry had been opened into the exact cause of death, but early indications pointed to suicide. Well, sure, of course. Brunel was arrested in December 2020 at Charles de Gaulle Airport before boarding a plane for Dakar in Senegal where he told police he was going on holiday. He was officially put under investigation on allegations of the alleged rape of a minor and sexual harassment shortly after his arrest and was put under a second investigation for the rape of a minor in June last year. Wait for it, by the way, wait for it. 
Investigators had also questioned Brunel on suspicion of the human trafficking of underage girls for sexual exploitation. He was being held on remand in La Sainte Prison in Paris. We call it Paris over here, y'all. Several top models had come forward to accuse him of sexual assault and rape. I thought that was basically the same thing. I, I, I don't know. French police had reportedly interviewed hundreds of potential witnesses. Brunel had denied any wrongdoing or any involvement in illegal activities. He disappeared from public life shortly after Epstein's death in August 2019. Epstein also hanged himself in his prison cell while awaiting trial. Yeah, I'm not sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sure I believe that. Yeah, I'm not so sure that Epstein killed himself. You know what I'm saying? UK Guardian, which is kind of kind of liberal, you know, they say they believe it. Anyway, about the 1990 or in the 1990s, Paris-born Brunel was a model talent scout and boss of the prestigious agency Karen Models. After he was banned from the agency in Europe in um, Europe 1999, following the BBC undercover report on abuse in the fashion industry, he moved to the U.S., founded MC2 Model Management with funding from Epstein. He's credited with discovering a number of supermodels, including Christy Turlington and Mila Jovovich. He met Galen Maxwell, Epstein's partner, in the 1980s, and she had introduced him to Epstein. Brunel had been released on bail last November, but had been ordered to return to prison after a few days to await trial. I wonder when they when, when they're going to get to it. Because wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. In a statement, his legal team said his distress was that of a man of seventy-five years old, caught up in a media legal system that we should be questioning. Jean-Luc Brunel never stopped claiming his innocence, and had made many efforts to prove it. His decision to end his life was not driven by guilt, but by a deep sense of injustice. How do they know? In 2015, Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, who recently accepted an undisclosed sum from Prince Andrew, another Epstein friend, after bringing a civil case against the royal, accused Jean-Luc Brunel of supplying girls to Epstein. She said the American financier, Epstein, had bragged to her that he had slept with more than than a thousand of Brunel's girls. Joffrey, who was abused by Epstein, had claimed she had sex with Prince Andrew on three occasions, the first of which when she was 17 years old. The prince, of course, has denied her claims, but just paid her off probably millions. 59-year-old Glenn Maxwell, currently in prison in the U.S., has been convicted of sex trafficking. French prosecutors said Jean-Luc Brunel's death will put an end to the legal case unless other suspects are put under investigation. Okay, wait, 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 but, 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 you left something out. You left something out. I'm reading all over the place that the closed-circuit security camera in Jean-Luc Brunel's cell wasn't working. Why, uh, why is that left out of the article? I mean, 
Surely I can find an article in which it's not left out, right? Right? Just kind of like uh, with Epstein. Yeah, I don't know. Just a crazy thing. Camera wasn't working. Here we go. Here we go. From the Miami Herald. Antoine Pesme, spokesperson for the Paris Public Prosecutor's Office, says, I can confirm that Mr. Brunel was discovered at 1.30 a.m. last night dead in his cell. He was alone in the cell. According to the first findings, it's a suicide by hanging. An investigation in search of the causes of death is, however, opened. British and French media reported that no cameras recorded the alleged suicide at the jail, one of the toughest facilities in France, which has both high-security and VIP wings that have housed some of the country's most infamous prisoners. No cameras. Really, because the UK Guardian, they, they kind of, they missed that part. So, you think they both committed suicide, right? Epstein and Jean-Luc Brunel. I mean, no wonder Glenn Maxwell's brother says she is in fear for her life. No wonder. I mean, do you blame her? I mean, wow. You know, I need to ask you something. And this is not an original thought. I've seen it all over social media the last few days. Um, so a lot of liberal media is doxing people. That means exposing their identities. People who just contributed a few bucks to the, the Freedom Truckers Convoy in Canada. The Salt Lake uh, City Tribune was doxing people who had given less than 50 bucks to the, uh, the trucker convoy. Okay, so why isn't the same media interested in who Jeffrey Epstein's clients were? You know what I'm saying? No, nobody, that's, that's gone, man. So, a couple of days ago, Canadian Mounties and or Toronto police came out on horseback and were stomping people. Stomped a little old lady who was on some kind of little um, disabled motor scooter, right? You hear anything about that? Media talking about that? No. That disappeared just like the uh, Black Lives Matter guy who ran over a whole bunch of people at a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, killing six. Nothing. 
Nothing. Because, again, it goes against the narrative. It goes against the narrative. That's not what they want you to be thinking about. Just thought I'd share that with you. Because what we try to do here is get out the news that the media and the government and big tech and big pharma and whoever want to sit on and don't want to get out. Know what I'm saying? Richard Engel over at NBC News. Chief foreign correspondent, NBC News. Out there on Twitter yesterday saying, U.S. official and another person with knowledge of the matter tell NBC News. Recent intelligence shows Russian military officials have been given an order to go ahead with an invasion. Apparently he means Ukraine, but he doesn't say. The great Jeff Carlson, investigative reporter, contributor to the Epoch Times, responds, once upon a time in a land far, far away, the media actually investigated matters and wasn't simply a conduit for whispers from the intelligence community. How about that? How about that? Look, I don't know how much attention you have been paying to what's going on in the frozen tundra, Canada, the country to our north. But I need to share something with you. This is a guy, uh, interesting name, Shmuel Klatskin. No, I'm not making that up. Over the American Spectator, and I don't think I've shared anything from the American Spectator since I started doing the, the, the podcast. It's probably been years since I've shared anything from the American Spectator, even on my uh, old uh, local talk radio show in Little Rock, Arkansas. But the article, which dropped over the weekend, says, Trudeau is now an authoritarian, subtitle, the liberties guaranteed by the Canadian Constitution are now subject to his veto. And here's what he says. King Charles ignored constitutional limits on his power and thereby ignited a civil war that cost him his life and put England under a military dictatorship for more than a decade. The profound constitutionalist John Selden reflected on this shortly after the king's execution and before the eventual restoration of the Constitution after Oliver Cromwell's death, he said, There is no stretching of power. It is a good rule. Eat within your stomach. Act within your commission. Now, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau certainly is acting like someone who has eaten more than his stomach can hold, as well as far exceeding his commission. Brian Peckford, former Premier of Newfoundland, one of the provinces of Canada, certainly feels so, and had begun taking action even before the truckers began their now-famous protests in Ottawa 
at the Ambassador Bridge and at other places throughout Canada. Packford was one of the authors of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, Canada's equivalent of the Bill of Rights, which was joined to the Canadian Constitution in 1982. He's the leading spokesman of a group filing suit in Canada against one of the many acts of constitutional overreach, the severe restrictions the Trudeau minority government imposed on travel. Now, the Charter states in Section 6, every citizen of Canada has the right to enter, remain in, and leave Canada. It also says every citizen of Canada and every person who has the status of a permanent resident of Canada has the right to move to and take up residence in any province. The Canadian Constitution does provide ways that its parliament or its provincial legislatures can specifically override this. Peckford argues, however, that no such niceties were observed and that therefore the regulations imposed are invalid, unconstitutional infringements of Canadians' liberties. Overreaching governments often respond by claiming that their unique knowledge and capabilities are sufficient justification for their actions. They seek not only ratification of their actions from those whose powers they have taken, but to establish a precedent. The Constitution will no longer bind them from any exercise of power it deems appropriate and necessary. The result of this is clear. The liberties guaranteed by a Constitution are now subject to the government's veto. Effectively, the subjects, no longer citizens, now have only such rights as the government chooses to allow them. This means that government is no longer by the consent of the governed. To the contrary, individual rights are by the consent of a government answerable only to its own conception of its power. Sound familiar? Packford was one of the political elite, but one who was and is dedicated to the principles of Western democracy. He's forceful and eloquent. Hear him out in a brilliant interview with the, with the incandescent Jordan Peterson, and he links to that. But as we have seen in the past few weeks, the peaceful protests against overreach and the trampling of liberties have burst out among the not-so-elite, not the kings of the keyboards, not the members of the chattering class, but the people who make the country work led by the truckers. Something about this assertion of rights has offended Justin Trudeau. His personality does not seem up to the task that he campaigned for and won. He looks like someone not quite adult, knowing it and overcompensating. Watching him always gave the feeling of watching someone trying too hard to be someone other than he is. That was when all he faced was the normal polite opposition offered in Canadian politics. Respect for the law comes naturally in a nation whose founders descended from United Empire loyalists, those who maintained their allegiance to the British crown while America asserted its independence. Canadians achieved their own independence in a different, slower, more orderly and peaceful way. And all those qualities of peacefulness, order and respect for law are part of the civilizational sparkle of the land of the loon and the maple leaf. But the oppressive overreach of Trudeau's COVID restrictions, 
far exceeding anything justified by the data and the science. Went too far and continued too long to be mistaken by a large part of the regular working people of Canada as anything other than an assault on their, their rights and thus of their human dignity. They rose up peacefully and emulating Martin Luther King Jr.'s method of resisting unconstitutional restrictive laws, practiced nonviolent civil disobedience in a way that awoke widespread support and international attention. Trudeau began his version of respectful dialogue with his aggrieved subjects by labeling their views without exception as unacceptable. Of course, anyone who opposes the great leader must be on the fringe with no right to petition and be heard. In the prime minister's own words, they are, quote, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe, unquote. He let that stand as his only characterization of the protesters, a promising invitation to a national dialogue. Well, no, he's being sarcastic. Trudeau then disappeared from view, perhaps believing that the fundamental laws of reality had been so deeply breached by the protests that some natural cataclysm was in order. <coughs> perhaps the earth would open and swallow the protesters like it had swallowed up Korak and his crew of dis- dissonance in the Bible. As followers of Trudeau's dad might have said, Wow! Even Richard Nixon made his way out of the White House to speak to protesters and hear them out. Trudeau seems to fall short of Nixon with all this paranoia and tics, a most modest measure to fall short of. Not content with the infringements of liberties he has already imposed, Trudeau doubled down and imposed emergency powers intended for times of war, insurrection, or an equivalent existential threat. He threatened seizure of the truckers' livelihood, imprisonment, and barring them from their chosen work. The posturing of Charlie Chaplin in the great dictator movie is coming to mind. But Trudeau knows how to spin things when an unpleasant truth is starting to come out. He projects the fascist mindset he has embraced onto those who oppose him politically. See Hillary Clinton's similar response to the Durham filing for another classic example of this. And we may very well before today's show is over. Not once does Trudeau speak uh, speak of any of the protesters as anything other than swastika-bearing enemies of all that is good, utterly to be excluded from any meaningful political rights. His power, his action state, is not at the service of the people. The people can be utterly excluded as he sees fit. All Nazis, as far as he's concerned. Trudeau took this a little further last week. On the floor during a session of the House of Commons, a Jewish member of Parliament, Melissa Lantzman, a member of the conservative opposition, sharply criticized Trudeau's invocation of unprecedented emergency powers. The grim prime minister replied, quote, conservative party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave the Confederate flag, unquote. He was met with outraged shouts of, shame, shame. Lanceman stood to make, stood to take formal exception to Trudeau's remarks as a breach of order and demanded an apology. She said, I am a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and it's never 
been singled out. And I've never been made to feel less except for today when the prime minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology. And I think he owes an apology to all members of this house, unquote. But Trudeau had already left the house. Why does anyone who is so completely right and who holds the highest power have to listen to criticism? They're the Nazis. He probably believes that he believes it. Except that every act of petulance, contempt, and overreach shows him to be just a very small man who prefers power to responsibility. He has eaten more than his belly can contain, Selden would say. There are a lot of Canadians who will now have their say. A fresh wind is blowing from the north, and it is reminding people all over the world of just how precious liberty is. The people will have their say, and it can't come too soon. Wow! What an article! That is the great Shmuel Klatskin over the American Spectator. And I'll spell it for you. S-H-M-U-E-L Sounds like kind of a Jewish name. Maybe he's Jewish. Who knows? Last name K-L-A-T-Z-K-I-N Article of the American Spectator which is spectator.org Trudeau is now an authoritarian. And he just knocked it out of the park. If if I may use a baseball analogy in present company. If you'll grant me that indulgence. Now, i got to tell you something. We are so thankful, so thankful for our advertisers here at the Doc Washburn Show. Because they help us do what we do. And, of course, the views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers. But we love them and they love us. So, yeah. Let me just tell you. If you try to buy a car recently, Realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership right smack in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection of vehicles, you'll see that each one has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guide you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying experience is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer 
that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental United States of America. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me uh, let me mention another one here. And, and thank you to my buddy Mitch Ward at Red River. Great guy. I'm in the process of buying a car from them because the car I had got rear-ended and totaled recently. Red River has been taking good care of me. All right, let me mention um, another friend of mine. Another friend of mine, Art Wilborn, who has a great website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. So, the four questions. Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? That's question number one. Question number two. Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Question number three. Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Question number four. Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you need to go to my buddy Art's website. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Such a deal. So the first thing you want to do is click on that big red button there, that beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on that button. You book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. And he makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. And he also makes sure your personalized health coverage doesn't force you to cover horrible stuff like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the red button, schedule call now. You book your free consultation with Art Wilborn, who makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right. Fantastic. Now, that having been said, that having been said, let me just remind you, because Scott Jennings, Scott Jennings, Republican political operative who's been all over the media, reminded us all on Twitter over the weekend what happened just last month. Democrats defeat Republican sanctions on Russian gas pipeline. Really? But I thought, I mean, everybody kept on saying that Trump and the Republicans were, were, were Putin's toady. Not, not, not the Democrats. What the, I mean, how could that be the thing? Because, huh, I got to find out who this guy is. Bill Evan Evanina? I got to find out who he is because he's saying something pretty crazy out there about our intelligence community. Got to find out who he is. It'd help if I spell his name right. CEO of the Evanina Group, former director of the 
National Counterintelligence and Security Center. Huh. He says Putin is fully aware of the U.S. intel community. It's the best in the world ever. U.S. collection is exquisite, deep, and without gaps, especially on Putin and his universe. He was not prepared, however, for how aggressive the U.S. would be in sharing our collection to the world. And Mr. Evanina applauds the Biden administration intel community for their willingness to declassify in real time our collection from Moscow to the ground in Donbass. And, of course, Donbass is uh, eastern Ukraine. Now, having said that, having said that, I welcome you, and, and thank you. Hat tip to the great Margot Cleveland over the Federalist. She reminds everybody that it hasn't been too long hasn't been too long since more than 50 former intelligence officials signed a letter saying that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but they're 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 at the top of the heap. Sure they are. Yeah. How about that? Now I don't know if you heard, because if you're like me, you don't tend to read the New York Times very often. But there's this article here from over the weekend. The CDC, it turns out, isn't publishing large portions of the COVID data it collects. Subtitle, the agency has withheld critical data on boosters, hospitalizations, and until recently, wastewater analysis. Wastewater analysis, what? Now, this is interesting. The reporter is Apurva Mandevili. And she says, for more than a year, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has collected data on hospitalizations for COVID-19 in the United States and broken it down by age, race, and vaccination status, but it has not made most of the information public. Well, not me over with a leaf. Why could that possibly be? When the CDC published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters, in adults younger than 65 two, two weeks ago, it left out the numbers for a huge portion of that population, 18 to 49-year-olds, the group least likely to benefit from extra shots because the first two doses already left them well-protected. The agency recently debuted a dashboard of wastewater data on its website that will be updated daily and might provide early signals of an oncoming surge of COVID cases. Some states and localities have been sharing wastewater information with the agency since the start of the pandemic, but it had never before released those findings. Two full years into the pandemic, the agency leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a tiny fraction of the data it has collected, according to several people familiar with the data. I wonder why that is. Much of the withheld information could help state and local health officials better target their efforts to bring the virus under control. 
Detailed, timely data. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't bring a virus under control. Shut up. Detailed, timely data on hospitalizations by age and race would help health officials identify and help the population at highest risk. What, so you can give them rendesivir and kill them? Put them on a, on a ventilator and kill them? Information on hospitalizations and death by age and vaccination status would have helped inform whether healthy adults needed booster shots. Well, I, the drug companies say they need the booster shots. I mean, you got to make money somehow, right? Do I sound like somebody running for governor? Because <laughs> usually, usually, people running for high office um, are more circumspect. You know what I'm saying? Usually people running for high office kind of keep it close to the vest. Don't want to say anything too controversial. You know, you know what I'm saying? But um, that's not the way I roll. That's not the way I roll. Because I know too many people who have either gone to hospital or their loved ones gone to hospital and the hospital refused to treat them for the COVID. Know what I'm saying? So, sounds like murder to me. Yep. You tested positive. You got symptoms. Go on home. If it gets worse, come back in a few days. And then we'll put you in a bed, put you on a ventilator, and you'll be dead in a couple of weeks. Sounds like murder to me. That's not the way somebody talks uh, who's running for uh, governor of a state, any state. But I'm different, and um, we're commanded to speak the truth in love. And if you love your neighbor... You don't want to see him murdered because the state and Big Pharma are conspiring and they don't want people treated with what works. So you do with that what you will. The website is electdocwashburn.com if you want to contribute. But that's what's up. That's what's going on. And anybody who pays attention knows that's what's up. Anybody who pays attention knows that's what's going on. No, she'll she'll never debate me. She can't talk about this stuff. I'm just No 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 no. Look, you know, I understand. She's got thirteen million dollars. Talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And so that's plenty of money to pay for internal polling. And I don't care how bad the polling gets. Between now and the primary, May 24th. Doesn't matter if it shows that I'm leading her. She can't afford to debate me 
because she can't afford to answer these kinds of questions. What would you do about the fact that the hospitals aren't treating people with COVID? She doesn't know anything about that. Doesn't know anything about that. Hey, Sarah, do you believe the election was stolen? How come you were hobnobbing with your good buddy Mike Pence in Indiana raised the money a few months ago? After he stabbed Trump and the rest of us in the back. Uh, Oh, there are a lot of things she don't want to talk about. She's never going to debate me. And that's fine. Because I don't need $13 to get my message out to the voters in the primary in Arkansas. That's fine. I don't mind. This wasn't my idea anyway. I'm just trying to obey God. I never wanted to run for office in my life. When somebody calls you and says, look, uh, you don't get it. You don't understand. We're about to lose our country. We need good people like you to run for office. And you need to talk to your wife and pray about it. That just kind of stopped me in my tracks. I wasn't ready for that. I said, well, I can talk to my wife and pray about it. Sure, I can do that. And so again, two weeks ago tomorrow night, I announced to the Saline County Republican Women's Club that if the Lord provides the $15,000 for the filing fee, I will file. I'm running for governor of Arkansas. And I'm confident we're going to file this week. That's not even an issue. All right, um, I, I, I need to share some audio with you here. An awesome lady who gave a speech to the Montgomery County School Board. Hat tip to uh, Clay Travis from the Buck and Clay Show for providing this audio. And here she is. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know... If you got the computer muted out, you're not going to hear a thing, are you? I'm a knucklehead. Family. I am not. Our family has been suffocated today. I'm done. Time is, time is up. 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 Oh, and so uh, a school board member storms out of the meeting room without a mask on, but they got mask mandates. So with the rest of my time, I just want to say, parents and grandparents, if you guys want to run for office, if you want to run for a school board member seat, which we might have one vacant apparently, then come to the second Monday Constitution Group. They are offering two free trainings next month, March the 14th, from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Bowling Alley in Christiansburg. One of the trainings is called How to Run for Office and Win. Another training is called Get to the Heart, How to Get Your Message Out. So these are two free trainings, again, at the Second Monday Constitution Group in Christiansburg. You can look it up and join on Facebook. So we want to offer those services to anybody that wants to run because these liberals are getting out of the school board. You guys have already just made the mama bears so mad now. But, Dr. Meyer, I want to say something to you. In June of 2020... 
you remember when the liberals came to your office and they made that big list of demands and you bowed down to them and you caved into them and you gave into their demands and then you called every teacher in Montgomery County Public School System a racist. How did you do that? Because you mandated implicit bias training for each and every school teacher. Why? Because you got called out, so you wanted to drag all of them down with you. And that was the start of this whole thing of CRT, of why we teach our kids to hate themselves and their skin color. All of that started with you, Dr. Meyer. You're the one that started it all. So you need to take it all back out of the school. School is for education and not indoctrination. Our kids, they don't feel safe coming to school, and I don't feel safe sending them to school. And that's bad. That's really sad. Schools are for education and not to be your little political pawns and put face diapers on. You guys need to understand what you're here to do, and that is a job, to make policy for our students. And our kids' job is to learn, but that's not what they've been doing. But thank you for your time. Wow. Wow. You know, implicit bias. You know what that reminds me of? Um, for my listeners in Little Rock, Arkansas, when Frank Scott Jr. was running for mayor, I heard him say over and over and over again that Little Rock police officers would have to get training in implicit bias because he believes everybody has implicit bias. Critical race theory, through the roof. How's that working out for you? So um, this guy named Steve Landers who is running for mayor of Little Rock, and he's going to have his kickoff at the uh, uh, Red Moon Tavern on Shenanso and Cantrell this evening at 5 p.m., 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'm going to try to be there because here I am running for governor of Arkansas. I would hate to see Little Rock go further down. you, you got to replace the mayor and the police chief. You have to. So anyway, just, just something for my uh, local Arkansas listeners. Um, I, I want to say a word about a couple more of our wonderful, wonderful advertisers. First of all, my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster, left the insurance industry, become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. It sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents back in 2019. He's also helped me out with one more recently from December of 2021. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year, 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now, let me see how I can help you out here with the best-kept secret in American health care. So let me ask you, do you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar even? 
Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? If the answer to any of these is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and neck pain. Now, if you're thinking, well, what what do you mean get your atlas adjusted? Here's how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces, so it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column could get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system, yes, even your circulatory system, and it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Look for the tab that says, find a doctor near you. And hopefully, you can find a doctor near you. Turnmypoweron.com. You'd be glad you did. All right. I love when this happens. I love when this happens. Here we go. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to online. Have it delivered to you, to your front door, anywhere in the continental United States. Red River Your Way sponsored the tweet of the day. We got about a six or seven way tie for the tweet of the day today. I just, I can't make up my mind. The great Kyle Becker, the great Kyle Becker over there at BeckerNews.com. Okay, his tweet says nobody finds it odd that China refuses to give anyone mRNA vaccines. Okay. And he links to a screenshot from the New York Times. Headline, these vaccines have been embraced by the world. Why not in China? Beijing once said it had two mRNA shots within reach and ready for approval, one homemade and one produced by a foreign company. Today, neither is available. Huh. Gee, what a shock. Yeah. wonder... Uh, wonder what happened with that that's uh that's a real real head scratcher okay something called culture war resource has a two-minute clip from the new podcast majid nawaz is a guest on joe rogan's podcast Majid Nawaz leaves Joe Rogan speechless by explaining how the World Economic Forum is infiltrating governors, pardon me, infiltrating governments around the world. You need to hear this. So this is uh, 
the second tweet of the day. Tell you, uh, redriveryourway.com is getting their money's worth today because I couldn't, I couldn't land a one tweet of the day. So we got a bunch of them. Here we go. Direct quote though on his, as you see it. Our teams are now embedded in governments around the world. That's actually what they wrote. Yes. And the video is two minutes. I didn't play all of it. It's what he says. But what he's saying there sounds reasonable. Yeah. Figuring out on strategic ways to end the lockdown is. easily. No, Does that not make the, sense? Not the end of lockdown. No, no, no. Well, no. didn't he say that? Yeah. Keep in mind, Tony Blair is the one who's been advocating for vaccine passports, digital identification through COVID, and all of these measures. But didn't they say that about ending the lockdowns and keeping businesses? Once those measures are in place. Right, so he's even in the UK. His stance has been, yeah, we're going to get out of all it, but you have to have digital ID, mm. and you have to have. So, so during and the war, this is going to introduce the t- the social credit score system, right? So, the what all of that came from your question, which is regardless of intention, how do people? How do people do that infiltration from within? It's not just Twitter. So back to the psychological operations. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. Yeah? And the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair in this regard. They call it on their own website, they call it the Great Reset. That's what they say themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to yeah. openly. Why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly, because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. among the online folks. Yeah. Like, this is all part of the Great Reset. Well, yeah. when he wrote a fucking book called The Great Reset, you're yeah. like, hey, man, yeah. shouldn't you be hiding this? And, and, and in 2017 at Harvard, he's saying, you know, we're going to basically, all of these world leaders will penetrate their cabinets with our young global leaders. He's open. He's open. Blair's open. During the Iraq war, Blair tried to bring in ID cards in Britain. He failed. Now he's back. And he's trying to bring in digital ID during COVID. Right? So they're open about it. So this is going to be this never-ending process to slowly move the goalposts. Towards more and more authoritarianism. Checkpoint society. It's all there. They, Gee, they how, told us this. We ha- people have to realize this, right? This is important. Yeah. And I apologize for the curse word. Didn't know that was going to be in there. My apologies. Everything else in that, though, is so important. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Okay, another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. This is from uh, Donald J. Trump Tracker over there on Twitter. Breaking. Navy Federal Credit Union announced it will move forward with its COVID-19 vaccine mandates and masking policies starting this week, according to the new update set to increase insurance premiums for the unvaccinated. Well, I'd get out of that. I would get out of that in a heartbeat, no question about it. Are you kidding me? No. No. All right, here's another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. From the great Clifton Duncan. Artist, dissonant liberal, erstwhile New Yorker. He posted a screenshot of an article from the Atlantic Magazine that says... Mask mandates don't need to make sense. Subtitled, they only need to align with community's goals. And the great Clifton Duncan says, Imagine being so unabashedly unashamed of illogic while still believing yourself intellectually superior to anyone who diverges from your views. Do you see why I couldn't pick 
Just one tweet of the day today? I mean, okay. Let's go uh, Dementia Joe Biden. The other day, Dementia Joe Biden. This was uh, Friday afternoon, ABC News. Asked if he thinks President Zelensky should leave Ukraine amid fears of an imminent Russian invasion. Here's Biden's answer. Do you think that it is wise for President Zelensky to leave Ukraine if an invasion is as imminent as the U.S. says it is? That's a judgment for him to make and a determination as to whether or not. I've spoken with Zelensky a dozen times, maybe more, I don't know. And uh, and uh, it's uh, in, in the pursuit of a, di- a diplomatic solution, uh, it may not be fall. It may, may be the wise choice, but it's his decision. Yeah, the great Stephen L. Miller Redsty says he's barely awake. Talking about dementia, Joe. He's barely awake, and that's truth. That's truth. Another. Tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com because I can't pick. I can't pick. I can't pick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The great Mimi Nguyen Lee, reporter over the EpicTimes.com, says a study published in the Journal of American Medicine Association, Internal Medicine, in which researchers concluded Ivermectin treatment during early COVID-19 did not prevent severe disease in high-risk patients has been criticized by an alliance of doctors at COVID-19 critical for being misleading. Are you surprised that the frontline doctors read the article and they're, they're like, you're misleading us. You're not telling the truth. Ivermectin works. You know it does. Another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. The greatest governor in America, Ron DeSantis. I hope to be elected governor of Arkansas and do half half as good a job as Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida areas. But I'll always say to him, well, when are are they going to liberate you from the mask? And they're all like, we don't know, but they're all waiting for it. So any of these big companies that are running these, these hotels or resorts, liberate your employees from forced masking requirements. Attaboy. Attaboy, you never hear Asa Hutchison, Arkansas governor, say that, would you? No. No, you wouldn't. Let me go back to this uh, New York Times article. The CDC isn't publishing large portions of the COVID-19 data it collects. Twitter profile called Rising Serpent says, two-sentence synopsis. Of this article. CDC isn't releasing important data regarding real world vaccine efficacy, mortality rates by age, gender, and vaccination status, and booster efficacy under the pretext that people won't understand it. Translation? It's bad. Okay, that's another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com because I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't decide. There's too much. 
I got another one. The great Ty Lemon. Over Barstool Sports. Says, Justin Trudeau started trampling grandmothers, tear-gassing reporters, and beating peaceful protesters with batons for the crime of wanting to end mandates in a country where the average age of a COVID-19 death is 83.8 years old and the average life expectancy is 82.1 years old. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Jack Posobiec, the great Jack Posobiec, host of Human Events Daily, has an actual quote from Kamala Harris from the official whitehouse.gov website. Reporter asks Kamala Harris, will sanctions deter Putin? Kamala Harris answers, and I quote, Within the context, then, of the fact that that window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open. Lord, deliver us from these folks. But again, another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com because I can't make up my mind. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Here's another one. Fox News reports. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick wants professors to lose tenure if they teach critical race theory. That sounds like something I need to go for in my race for governor over here. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. I mean, I got more. I've got more. More tweets of the day for this one day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com because I can't make up my mind. Buddy of mine out there on Twitter calls himself Defiant Baptist. He says, never forget that the media played the role of tattletale during the pandemic, reporting on individuals, businesses, and churches that broke COVID protocol so that the government might take action against them. And the great Nick Searcy answers, not just the media. Your brainwashed Democrat friends and neighbors told on you. They will watch you dragged off to the gulags and be happy and smug about it. Oh, this one might be better than even the rest of them. Another tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com because I can't make up my mind. Buzz Patterson, who is a USAF pilot and wrote a book about uh, carrying around Bill Clinton's Nuclear football for a couple of years back in the 90s. Buzz Patterson, one sentence in a tweet. He says, the COVID lab leak Olympics are over. Let me say it again without stumbling over it. The COVID lab leak Olympics are over. You realize uh, we just had some uh, Winter Olympics over there in China? All right? He doesn't call the Chinese Olympics. He calls it the COVID lab leak Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Now, having said that, if I may, if you will indulge me, 
Rebel News Online has a, uh, a short video clip, about a minute long, from Steve Bell, police chief of Ottawa, who says there's no end date to the heavy law enforcement presence in the downtown core of Ottawa, over 100 checkpoints. Check it out. So when exactly, and I know it's difficult probably, but you must have a date, uh, a time for uh, a return to normal. Uh, I think resident, I think people want to know that information. Thank you. So I said from the beginning, we, we have a plan and we're executing the plan. The one part of the plan that we don't determine is the actual timelines of when we complete it. Uh, we we began to execute our plan on Thursday afternoon, uh, moved into an actions-on phase on Friday morning, and you've seen the results of that over the weekend. I still can't say when uh, we will ultimately be completed this operation because we now need to enter into a maintenance portion of it to make sure that what occurred three weeks ago can never occur again. So we will continue to have a posture, protect our streets of our city, protect our community members from unlawful occupations like occurred, now moving forward for as long as it takes. Okay, so the great Kurt Schlichter. The great Kurt Schlichter. Retired Colonel, Army. Attorney, senior columnist, townhall.com. He responds to what you just heard. He says, what a Nazi looks like. Yep. Another tweet of the day brought to you by redriveryourway.com. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But that's about what, nine or ten, I guess? Yeah. So anyway, having said all that, I'm really, really excited about this campaign for governor. Oh, wait a minute. I left one out. I left one out. The great Noreen Sanderson over on Twitter has a link to the Fox News article, Critical Race Theory-Related Ideas Found in Mandatory Programs at 23 of the top 25 U.S. medical schools. As governor of Arkansas, if you elect me governor, I will sign a bill from the legislature outlawing critical race theory in public education, K-12, through and universities in the state of Arkansas. It is racism. It is child abuse. And it must be obliterated. All right. Anyway. Uh, by the way, thank you, Mitch Ward. Thank you, Red River, your way, for making all we do possible. And you got some extra tweets of the day today because I just there was just too much good stuff. All that having said, you've been listening to the 92nd episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy, 
This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, February 21st, 2022.